the team of cards podcast ladies and gentlemen this is where we try and go behind the thoughts uh, that animate the actions of those who create the arts and uh, today we've got someone uh, who had a very successful pr firm uh, gave it up because um, she wanted to become a mother uh, wrote a book called battle him over bewildered mother and uh, more importantly has been making us laugh ever since <laughs> with uh, the, we certainly do need to laugh a lot more in these times don't we ma'am i think so i think humor is just a way of coping with life uh you forgot to mention my novel but i'll i'll see about that later <laughs> uh yeah so i think it's just a way of coping with life i do it anyway with or without a plague upon me <laughs> yes it's uh, it's important isn't it uh, uh, but uh, but tell us tell us the journey uh, that started with the uh, with the pr firm and and then where actually i started as a journalist with the asian age right of course and i spent a few years as a features writer i wasn't a news journalist yeah. and i did that and then i was interviewing somebody at star tv i got hired you know when you interview people sometimes they they feel that you could you know cross over to the other side and i, I didn't like that life of walking with a jhola and was a lot of struggle right. which would have been great material one day but uh, i decided that in bombay in the monsoon and i wasn't for me uh, so i crossed over and then i quit star a few years later Peter Mukherjee was my CEO at Star TV. Oh. MJ Akbar was uh, the oh. <laughs> uh, editor in chief at lovely the names. Asian Age. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, lovely names. And then there was Ratikant Bas. So anyway, so after that, I uh, started my own PR firm called Spin Doctors. And then I think being a creative person, uh, when you're young, you make these, uh, you know, take these leaps of faith, and then you realize that uh, uh, the only life that makes me happy is a creative life. and so i i exited that because i had started as a writer and that's what appealed the most to me and then uh, i started keeping a blog when blogs were being uh, read a lot this is after the two kids had happened right and i was keeping a, a blog and then i you know then the book happened first book happened which was non fiction satire uh, uh about being a really dysfunctional mother uh, and then the next book was called love in the time of affluenza which was a novel Uh, a satirical novel uh, set in Bombay uh, society. So sure. uh, you've also, um, uh, uh, in an interview, said that uh, you did not see yourself as a uh, as a lunch mom. Uh, yeah. You also talked about uh, uh, something much more serious, which of course um, uh, the fact that you began to feel a void. Uh, yes. Uh, Uh, which which sort of led you to put pen to paper, so to speak. Yeah, you know what happened. I think uh, somewhere between the first child and the second child, I began to actually feel very low, and I'm not given to feeling low easily. And at that time, mental health wasn't being discussed very openly. And I used to say, I'm watching a funny movie, but why am I not being able to laugh? Because I think that just having my identity as a mother, uh, and and having so many hours in the day where I had nothing to do but perhaps read a book or two. Uh, and then go to you know a couple of social engagements and really feel I had nothing to uh, contribute to that or and there was no value add to my life beyond you know just uh, a lot of polite talk about the weather and about this trip or that holiday and I just realized that uh, I felt lost and uh, and I felt lost and that's when I was searching for answers and I said what should I do and I had a lot of work offers because my PR company was really successful in fact. Back in the day, it was an early boutique outfit that even Manoj Mehta had heard about and featured in the Outlook magazine. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said, no, I can't do that. So based on that, I was getting a lot of offers to come back to work. But I said, I need something where I can be around the children. I was sort of an obsessed mother, 
uh, be around my girls and watch them grow and also sort of find a way, a purpose in my life. And uh, that's when the, the blog started. And then I sort of got back into writing for a lot of publications. And, uh, you know, once you put a pen to paper, a new world opens in front of you, ahead of you. And that sort of happened to me, fortunately. Um, and yeah, so. So what's the process? I mean, uh, you're, uh, you're <laughs> digitally savvier than, than a lot of us in our team itself. Um, it didn't seem, technology didn't seem to phase you. It, it does seem to phase a lot of people who have had to adapt to the world of social media, but uh, uh, your analogy is more of the fish in the water kind. And, uh, See, it is, you know, my kids call me a Luddite because they're okay. like, oh, mom, you don't know anything, but uh, growing around teenagers, uh, you know, I mean, my husband feels left out because we are two girls. Uh, I have two daughters and I, we are three girls. I'm right. speaking as though I'm his third daughter. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we uh, learn from each other and then they're posting and teaching me stuff and I'm talking to them about uh, the icons of their generation, which, of course, I find very uninspiring. Uh, you know, I talk so much about Kim Kardashian, you'd think I'm obsessed with her because I've discussed her before, but you know, the whole value system of this generation and uh, fame-driven life uh, lived off the highs of uh, uh, validation that you get from your like on your posts and stuff. So, you know, I started, uh, it's, it's like you start as a critic and then you become the person you're criticizing. Not yeah. that I've become that, I'm saying that now I understand, I used to criticize people who were who are so social media savvy and now I sort of understand that and I think that you have to adapt with the times. It's a very powerful medium of speaking to people and uh, it gives everybody a voice. Of course, it has, uh, there are a lot of challenges and there are a lot of uh, drawbacks to social media, nameless voices, uh, you so, know, uh, creating, uh, creating chaos in people's lives and uh, creating, you know, I also think man, riots. Uh, right now, the, the, the problem is that uh, everyone seems to be in, in this world of 280 characters and 30 second reels. Everyone seems to be looking at the brighter side of the coin yeah. and uh, not being told enough about the, the flip side, which is the grimier side, which is the right. process, which is the struggle. Uh, you agree? Do you think that uh, that's... Yeah, firstly, I think as, a, as an audience to this, I must say that as it is, our attention spans are so limited, right? My 14-year-old was telling me the other day that, Mama, now people are only doing a 10-second reel because attention spans have gone even shorter. So you're not reading, you're not watching cinema, uh, film, you're not doing too much with your time, but when you're free, and you're free a lot now in between work because, you know, the unproductive life because of the lure of social media, they're just mindlessly scrolling and looking at 10, 10 second things and calling that entertainment. So I don't think that's doing too much for the mind. Um, having said that, because I'm also a travel writer and I travel a lot, uh, my daughter said, Mama, instead of posting these boring stories that only 100-year-old people are going to watch, uh, why, don't you, why don't I make you a reel or two? And she started posting some reels for me. Okay. So I have myself experimented <laughs> with that. Right. Uh, but I'm up for anything. I'll try all these things just to understand. And it's such a rapidly changing world. I want to explore and understand it. But, but no, but, but my point was... The making of... Uh, I have some friends who do this now. I have a friend. She's an MBA from France. And she's done an MBA in luxury marketing. And she's an influencer oh. now. Wow. Uh, I see her life. 
it is a lot of hard work. They slap on makeup every day and they have to talk to the camera through the day and they have to look good through the day and they have to edit and they all have cervical issues from bending and, you know, editing on their phones. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of hard work. And that's the thing because finally that 10 second or the 30 second reel just shows that perfection. So, are we beginning to live in a world of false perfection which is making us forget the fact that it's okay to make mistakes sometimes? Uh, see, uh, as a writer, I think nothing has changed because people are putting out more from their lives out there than they ever did. Their sexuality, their mental health. Uh, so in that sense, I think that nobody is striving for a perfect world. But I don't know how many people in this world read now. So people who are only, uh, you know, using social media to understand universe are getting a very warped view of it. Right. Um Writing a book, what's your process of writing a book? How do you go about it? Is it that you first research or find ways to express yourself and then the creative chaos comes in? Or is it a very structured process? No, I'm actually not a meticulous person at all. So it is, uh, I mean, I wish it was a structured, it was a structured process. I think for me, it starts with a visual. And I, I have uh, an image in my mind, right? And I say, oh, so an image always includes a person. There's one person, there's an image of, say, a writer or the image of uh, a woman, uh, a woman looking distraught uh, or a woman looking delighted. It could be anything and it's a very clear image. I can see the backdrop and the setting. So it always starts with, uh, you know, you immediately when you have that, you sit and start writing. And I don't start writing thinking I'm going to write a novel or a book. I start writing or even if it's an article, it's something that uh, it's, it, it's a compulsion. You right. feel you have to put it down. And so that's how it starts for me. And I discover the story as I go along, which is a very lengthy process. And I wouldn't advise writers do that. It's very organic because uh, it's a great journey because as you're writing, you're getting introduced to your own characters that you're creating. And of course, at some point, now I've learned after my editor of my novel, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, banged it into my head. Uh, she said, Shunali, you have to know what your plot is and then you can play around in that field. Uh, so I think now I try and I'm trying to keep that in mind uh, while writing a book. So, I mean, you know, uh, that's how it goes. But I'm also working on a script that works very differently. Sure. You've also chosen uh, the humor route to, uh, uh, to expression. Uh, over the years, uh, through decades, through generations actually, humor has been uh, uh, used as, a, as an expression to mean a lot. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, laughter makes a lot of things go down a lot easier. Uh, also, we're living in a world where uh, everything is increasingly being given an agenda. Uh, in that way, it's being seen as something that it might not have started off as being. Uh, are you also uh, finding yourself second guessing the way you're writing uh, because of a certain, I don't know, fear is the right word or maybe apprehension of it being taken in a way that you might not have intended it to be? Uh, so you mean we're living in a very politically correct universe? Um, yes, in a way. Yeah, and yeah. also the fact that we're also living in a universe where uh, where there's a lot of uh, attributions to, to something that you write, yeah. uh, which might not be your original intention, but yeah. might fit someone else's agenda. Yes. So I think you're quite right about that. Uh, see, the first book was nonfiction, so it was different. But the f next one was fiction. And that came out of me very organically. But now when I'm writing, sometimes I, uh, you know, um, 
self-edit and self-censor and then I'm like, you know, but this is coming in the way of my spontaneity as a writer uh, because we are living at a time where people are wearing very thin skins. Yes. And everybody is reactive. They don't respond. They react. And cancel culture, we, you know, we see how that's panning out. So I'm saying that these are all, uh, these are all symptoms of a very extremist society, uh, a confused society that has a knee-jerk reaction to everything uh, and where they align with like-minded naysayers uh, because they find strength in that. Now, while from the same social media that we are sort of uh, speaking of sometimes pejoratively, uh, and this uh, society also has come sprung the Me Too movement, Absolutely. correct? Uh, and it has, uh, you know, worked well for the LGBTQ community as well. Sure. So it has served us very well in certain ways. Uh, but uh, it's also a very, it's a dangerous, uh, you know, it's, it's a mind that can explode on you at any time. So even a tweet that you put out, you have to think 10 times, delete, edit, delete, edit. Because, uh, so it does happen and it does stifle your creativity to an extent. <laughs> also, everyone seems to have an opinion about everything. In fact, two of them. So, um, yeah. do, do do opinions about what you write uh, effective? Because everyone's the democratization of expression in that way, yeah. as uh, it is of the art, has also, as you said, thrown up some phenomenal names and some phenomenal things. But yeah. uh, but it's also led to a uh, to a lot of opinions that aren't really backed by knowledge, so to speak. So. Mm. Uh, do you let that affect you uh, in the way that you write or maybe as an expression of uh, how your writing is taken? Uh, so I used to be very active on Twitter in the early days of Twitter and in the past one year I weaned myself off Twitter because uh, whether you share an opinion that is well thought out uh, or not, the reaction to that, the trolling that follows and especially, you know, I, I'm a feminist and uh, uh, and by feminist, I mean that men and women are equal. So I'm not that feminist who is now going to constantly, uh, you know, go after men in our society. I'm just trying to ask for equality. But the kind of trolling I get from men for expressing my opinion on that. Mm -hmm. And at first I thought, doesn't matter. I'm going to be undaunted by this. But that negativity that comes at you, right? That, madam, everything is not about feminism and everything is not and, you know, you, women like you should be shown your place. So that sort of thing happens. So I think that Twitter has become a very toxic place. Sure. I feel only heads of states should use it to put their quotable quotes out there yeah. and celebrities. Uh, I've completely been myself of that. Um, but I think that everybody, uh, the, yeah, like you said, democratiz democratization of uh, uh, voice and opinion is uh, good to an extent because a lot of people who would have never had the chance to express their creativity through these platforms are now being able to do that. Absolutely. And, and for someone who's, uh, who wants to make other people laugh, who wants to use the written word sort of uh, to make other people laugh, what, what would your advice be? Oh, to a person who, who wants to write wants humor? To off. Yeah. Okay, so you know, there are days now through COVID uh, when I realized that uh, getting a voice right as a writer is very important, right? And uh, I realized that my voice had become very serious. Right. And so I was doing a bit, fair bit of serious writing. And then I was asked to do something that was meant to be droll. I said, how do I get that voice? Because, I mean, it's my own voice. That's what I've written my entire life. And now I can't find it because I think uh, the lockdown and plague and the pandemic, it all of imposed uh, on us and, and penetrated our psyches in such a toxic 
way that we all became really morbidly serious. So then I started reading uh, a bit of P.G. Woodhouse, uh -huh. okay, uh, I'd, I'd read a little bit of Bill Bryson. So I started picking up funny books and reading them and then I would put it away and then my mind would be, it would set the tone, alright. Sure. Uh, what happens is that in between writing a book where you're trying or an article where you are trying to make people laugh and actually that is never my effort to make people laugh, I'm making myself laugh. Sure. Okay, I'm that odd person who will read something I've written and say, Oh, this is funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm admitting that to you, okay? I'm like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> and best way, but that's the best feeling. I can't say that out aloud too often. When I'm like, well done. This is funny, right? And um, so, th but those moments now have been few and far between. So sure. then, when you are writing something that you want to make yourself laugh about, and if you're going to read King Lear in the middle of that your voice will change and you write something which will be a tragedy. So I think for me, I can't read anything too serious while I'm writing something uh, which is meant to be lighter or actually sometimes I like to say a lot of serious things in a light manner. Yeah. So the delivery, for the delivery, you have to keep yourself in good humor. Sure. And and that's important, isn't it? Uh, for the bitter medicine to go down, all these nice sugar coated with a nice from the stomach belly laugh. Absolutely. Shonali Kullar Shroff, read uh, Bad of Him of a, uh, of a Bewildered Mom and Love in the Times of Affluenza. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> hopefully you will laugh or at least uh, grin in a silly way like we're doing, <laughs> which is always a nice expression to have. Um, but thank you very much for your time. This has been absolutely Thank wonderful. you. This was fun and uh, quick. Giving us a peek into, uh, into what makes those words that much more meaningful. So, the pleasure you. being here, Sarthak. Teamwork Arts Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you liked it. If you did, uh, remember, we are on social media. Just search for Teamwork Arts Podcast. Remember to follow us, subscribe, uh, comments. Everyone has two opinions, as I said. Spread them to us. No problem. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, what's coming up next? Well, for that, you'll just have to follow us on social media, won't you? Thank you for listening.